Welcome to the Championship Club podcast. I'm your host, Michael Casey, and co-hosting with me is a man with over 300 Championship Rugby appearances. It's Ben Gulliver. Be sure to check us out on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and head to YouTube to like and subscribe to the channel. Before we kick off today's episode, I'd like to say a big thank you to our brand new and shiny sponsor, Trojan Engineering Fabrication, part of the MFH Group, and you can check them out at mfhire.co.uk. Welcome to the Championship Clubs podcast. I'm Michael Casey and I am joined today by Ben Gulliver. Gully, it was uh, another round of fixtures at the weekend. Um, I know that you uh, put your neck on the line in last week's show and went to uh, predict all the games, which is never a wise move because um, how many did you get right? One? Two? I think I think I got two right, mate. <laughs> I had a bit of a shocker, but that's a bit, I suppose that's credit to the league, isn't it? So uh, not being able to call, call games, but... No, it seems a bit strange, isn't it? We're recording this on a Monday. Normally, we're on a on a Wednesday. There's still a game to go tonight, which which we're looking forward to watch. But if we rewind to Friday when Bedford Bedford played Ealing uh, at Goldington Road, and Bedford, Bedford played pretty well, didn't they, for large portions of that game? And we're a little bit unlucky not to come away with at least a bonus point um, loss. But it's a shame for Bedford. But I think we've we've said that they've with their lone players from Saints and. The relationship there with the coaches, with Jake Sharp and with Alex Ray, obviously good connections with all the coaches at Saints and with Mike's experience. It seems that Bedford have, that model looks like it's going to be there for a while and it looks like it's going to be prosperous for all involved, including players, coaches and also the guys and supporters coming back into the ground moving forward and into next season. So it's great for Bedford. Ealing, fair play, mate. They, They just keep trucking on, don't they? So... Good on Ealing, you know, roll on the playoffs there, I think, you know, I reckon. So, if we move on to Saturday, um, we'll leave one of the fixtures out. We'll chat to our guest about that in a bit. But the um, the big one for me, the big shocker was was Jersey Cov and Cov turning Jersey over. And I predicted a Jersey win, Cov flying in and out in a day. Um, and young the young centre but got a got four tries, which is which is amazing. So fair play to Cov, hell of a win for them. Um you know, it's 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 really really good for Cov. And then Pirates was the only one I got right on the Saturday was Pirates um putting a putting a big score on Hartbury. So Pirates again they had their little wobble, didn't they, middle mid season and now they're now they're they're right in form. The, the young lad Roberts has come down on loan uh, from from one of the Welsh regions. Is, is really really seemed to have settled in well and get rave reviews about him. So fair play to the lads at Pirates. Good luck to Dan Frost at um, Pirates. The hooker has moved on to Wasps, which is great for him alongside Bomber at, at Donny. So good news for the boys that are in the league that it's still possible to jump up, as we were speaking about last week. Um, then we've got tonight's fixture, which which <laughs> a few people are saying pray for the mob, um, but. Let's see how they go. Eh? It's um, it's a great story. We, we love the Amtel story on here. Me especially. You know, we've had Lavery on here, and he, you know, he's he'll be like a Cheshire cat tonight, like loving life, just being down at Sarries. So, and then obviously we can talk to to our guest today about the the Richmond Nottingham game, which was one of the results I got wrong. So I let you introduce him, Micah's tradition. It's uh, I've rambled for a bit there, but uh, crack on with introducing our guest. Of course, uh, so formerly of uh, Coventry, currently of Richmond, Max Trimble, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Max, weekend's result, we, um, Gully and I, obviously, as he alluded to there, were kind of fancying Richmond in a, what looked to be a bit of a tough afternoon for your guys down at the uh, at the athletic ground. Uh, Nottingham winning that one 34-17. Uh, just talk us through, uh, through Saturday's game, mate. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was a tough one to take to be honest. Obviously, both of us um, towards the bottom of the table, and 
was one that we kind of did, did eye up um, for another win. But um, yeah, like credit to Nottingham and, and, and to be fair, as I've always, like, this is my third year in the chat now, every time you play Nottingham, it's such a tough game because they're so well drilled. And it's, I think it's testament to the, the guys they have there, the culture and, and the coaches as well. They just play some pretty, pretty good rugby. Um, and I think it allows anybody that comes in there to kind of, you know, fit into that mould pretty well. Um, and they're always, they are always tough to play against and, and we didn't really match up to them. I think, um, you know, our discipline did let us down as well. We had a couple of yellow cards and I ended up playing nine for uh, about half an hour and realised how, how unfit I am. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was a test, so yeah, testing your left left hand spin pass, mate. From nine, what are you doing now? You're dive passing. <laughs> uh, it was there wasn't many revs on the spin pass. I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. Um, <laughs> it was kind of wobbling all over the shop, but no, I enjoyed it to be fair. But yeah, credit to anyone who just played around Christ. It was uh, it was tough after about five minutes. I think the ref was actually talking me through it as well, which probably <laughs> don't even know if that's allowed. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a tough one to take. To be honest, I, I thought we could have. Um, come away with something there but um like we'll, we'll work it over and, and kind of regroup and, and go again next week mate i love that you're upskilling at, at mid-20s playing scrum half that's that's yeah. just, just slowly, to, go on. slowly move in as my athleticism <laughs> dies off <laughs> love that. mate just a quick one just touching on nottingham obviously you're from yeah. up that way aren't you uh, yeah yeah you still have good connections with with guys that play there or is it just sort of more watch from, from the outside and are you, yeah, you the coaches there? Obviously, Falks is moving to Wasp, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I never really knew that many. I mean, um, I, I knew the Cobdens. Uh, obviously, they're kind of, you know, big within the Nottingham uh, kind of circle. And that's because of three friends who had like played there during that time and before. Um, but apart from that, you know, it was uh, Ryan Huff. You, knew, you played with Ryan, didn't you, as, as well? Did you play with Ryan at Cobden? Yeah, a couple of those boys. But yeah, as far as the connection go, I didn't really have anything. I used to go and watch them a couple of times when they were at Lady Bay, kind of back in the day. Um, but that's about it. So, I mean, I played for a, a club that was like my first senior club called um, Moderns back there. They were kind of still around that West Bridgeville area. That was like my first senior team. So, um, yeah, I, I actually had nothing to do with, with Nottingham until obviously I just started playing them and, and once we got promoted into the champ. Yeah. West West Bridgeford's a good night out as well, isn't it? By all accounts, well, yeah, it's not bad. It's probably where I'd live if I went back there. <laughs> an interesting yeah. one, Max. Obviously, you mentioned that discipline yeah. was a little bit of your undoing at the uh, at the weekend. I know, obviously, the sort of discipline in the game at the moment is quite a hot topic. We're seeing in the Prem every week, yeah. sort of higher numbers of cards dished out week in week out. I remember the yeah. game against Donny Richmond were on the wrong end of quite a few yellow cards. You scored a fantastic try that yeah. game, but uh, I think it was really the yellow cards that you're undoing. Do you think it's yeah. uh, sort of a club issue adapting to new rules or what? Um, potentially, I think as well, you know, we we, we tend to find ourselves on the wrong end of the scoreline um, to start the games and you end up chasing it and you end up forcing things. And I think that could be a, you know, a contributing factor. We I think we've had a few uh, guys that come in the side of the mall and stuff like that. So, um, and again, I, I, I can't remember what all they're, what they're all for, but I think that probably doesn't help us. Um, I think we can probably try and get into the habit of starting a bit stronger. Um, and then you don't have to chase the game. You can manage it a bit better. Um, but look, it's, you know, it's, there's, you can blame the ref and all that stuff. And I think, I think the Doncaster one had some possible, you know, the ref was uh, slightly off. <laughs> you say that, I mean, there was somewhere kind of looking name around. Now, but you are? Name and shame him. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I think once we- I think if we can get that under control, because there's been quite a lot of yellows for us in the past few weeks. So if we can get that under control, we can give ourselves a better chance coming away with some results. Right, just um, as right, we were talking about Richmond, and when we when we first started the pod, it was sort of we're trying to represent the league as a as a whole, and you know, yeah. Richmond is sort of one that everyone thinks they know, but I, yeah. you know, I don't actually know, and I just wondered sort of from from obviously moving from Carvin into yeah. the environment how how it all came about firstly and yeah. then your comparison between what you've experienced with Cov going part-time to yeah, yeah. moving yeah. back to the part-time environment mate so um firstly how it came about so it was um about sort of January February last year um and I kind of sat down with uh, Roland Dior and um you know he said that there was a there was a contract there for me and I, I kind of um, there's nothing to do with like the club or the people that I like. I, I love the club. It's such good. It is such a good rugby club, and the people around it. You know, the likes of your dad, um, Ron, um, even Brian. <laughs> um, sorry, these are these kind of household names in, in, in Cobb. But and I just kind of sat down. I'd been there for four years, and like as much as I love the club, like the city is a bit. Um, there's not that much going on, and. Yeah, you know, I was kind of like mid to late twenties then, and I was uh, a lot of my friends are down in London, and uh, that's kind of where I wanted to go. And I kind of had my degree and knew that I'd eventually be going out of that kind of full time and, and into the kind of working side, and I wanted to be down in London. So I just kind of sat with Roland and explained that all to him, and he, he understood straight away. Um, and I'd I'd had like a little bit of interest from higher up, like at a London club, and then um, I kind of decided that I wanted to either way I wanted to get down to London so I picked up the phone and called Steve Hill the, the DOI from Richmond so um, I was talking to him from really early on like pre-pandemic uh, and all that and then yeah kind of very weird three weeks so after I told Roland I didn't um, like I wanted to kind of move out of commentary I think it was like a week or two later I tore my knee again so I did like my PCL and my MCL and then a week I think it was a week or two after that pandemic hit so I was kind of like wow <laughs> it's been a tough old three four weeks <laughs> but um yeah it, you know it worked out in it and from that from that stage it was just about trying to sort a job so i went through a company called um future proof who richmond kind of in a roundabout way put me in touch with to a like a recruitment company that have kind of been helping um like full-time kind of athletes kind of transition out and, and, and working to go into um to roles and i was with them for quite a few months and obviously when they first started the process it was like right at the start of the pandemic so that was just like carnage there was you know there was nothing going on it was a bit weird so i like finished out my sort of renting lease in, in cov with uh Tolney. and um yeah that was an interesting few months <laughs> but um did that and then yeah eventually managed to sort a job and then kind of came down here in in january obviously because up until then obviously nobody knew what the, the hell was going on with rugby with work with lockdowns and everything so yeah it was a weird very weird year as i'm sure it was for everyone but um yeah in terms of in terms of difference it's um from full-time to part-time i i'd done it before because i was i was at cov when it was still part-time so it wasn't much it wasn't that much of a shock for me because i'd I'd worked full-time when i first got to cov um so yeah it wasn't too bad for me but it was it's a bit of a not a shock but you you kind of you appreciate the things that full-time allows you to do you know, kind of do those extra bits, that that kind of time off midweek and, and actually putting a lot of time into the rugby and all the analysis and stuff like that, because that's just something that we do, we don't really have the time for. And we do do bits and definitely make the most of the time that we have at Richmond. Um, but there, there is obviously that gap in, in kind of time to be able to do that stuff. 
Um, you mentioned there how the club uh, put you in touch with the recruitment firm and sort of helped you out in the first step sort of towards employment on moving to the capital. Is that sort of a typical thing that Richmond do for, for players coming down? Is that something that uh, is quite often seen with players that move to the area? Yeah, from, I mean, because I knew quite a lot of lads that had, had played for Richmond and gone to Richmond and um, nobody had a bad word to say about it. So it was kind of a no-brainer for me. You know, the, the, the combination of the fact that you knew a lot of lads who had been there. I did know players here already and the fact that they all spoke so highly of it. So, yeah, it was a no-brainer for me. And, and yeah, that I, when I spoke, spoke to Steve, he kind of got on the ball straight away, really. Um, and I think the process would have been a lot quicker if we weren't in the middle of the pandemic. Um, so, but you know, what? It, it it absolutely worked out. You know, I don't want to call upon fate or anything like that. But I'm in a job now, which I, you know, I didn't think I could probably get, and it's probably above mine, maybe CV grade, I guess you'd say. But um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, and yeah, it couldn't have worked out better, to be honest. I think that's sort of like the misconception is um, you go to Richmond, you get a job. But yeah, yeah. You've, you've been put in contact with a company that seize your talents you've still got to go and get that job haven't you you've still yeah. got to you've still got to work your tits off and impress an interview and do all that side of it that's on you the, yeah. intro, the intros through the club which is really interesting yeah. because if you go back 20 20 odd years when guys were getting jobs because they were rugby players it was yeah. just because they were rugby players. but now you've yeah. you've going impressed from from day one i suppose yeah yeah absolutely and and they, i mean they're all really good with that they you know they've got a great sort of um, contact base because of because of the nature of the club you know so integrated in the area and there's they've got a really strong kind of like a old boy section and to be fair i've been completely shut off from it because since i've been down it's been like we've the champ squad been like a bubble um so that's been a shame because obviously that's one side of it that is one of the best parts of the club i think and we haven't really been able to integrate so far but yeah they've been really great and, and did that but yeah as you say i mean this is um yeah i i, I have four probably five interview stages for this job now um so you know that's yeah but you don't just automatically get the job especially in pandemic right. that's amazing like you gotta be proud yeah. that's something you're really proud of mate because it's yeah. you know we, we joke about it but it's you know it's you know that's not easy at coming out of a full-time environment going through that sort of process probably having never been in a process like that it's yeah i mean to, to be fair like the last kind of like i said when, when i was part-time at coven like that first time i worked that that interview stage was like it was just one and it was yeah, it was nothing like this at all. So yeah, this was tough. But I think I think the 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 reason why it was so good for me now is because of I mean, if you can imagine from like um from like me doing my knee in the pandemic to literally probably February. So that's what what is that, eleven sort of ten, eleven months, whatever, you didn't have a clue what I was gonna do. Um it's just because, you know, and and you you almost think, gosh, should I taken that contract with carbon and stuff like that. But you you can't really think like that because you've done it for a reason. And um but yeah it's, it was it was fairly worrying times at points. And you kind of obviously, you know, you hit your lows and you you've got I think it was that second it was the second or third lockdown that one in October, November, I was like when is this going to end? Like, <laughs> someone give me a job, <laughs> something like that. But, you know, I knew I had the CV and luckily I got a degree and stuff like that and work experience and then done all that. So, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't too worried to be honest. It was just more of a case of when, not, not if. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. It worked out in the end. We spoke a little bit last week about sort of mental health awareness week. And yeah, I don't want to go like, I don't know how comfortable you are with it, but you know, in, in those low times and 
and, and those challenges like so yeah what sort of your your process around that and, um, you know, um yeah for, for me it was um 100 i figured out that it was um training it was it was the only thing like luckily i had access to a gym uh whether legally or not <laughs> i had access to a gym and it just gave me structure. So I basically just in my head said that I'll just try and do my own preseason, just make a preseason out of it. So I do, and to be fair, it was pretty hard. Like I did that and I, I joined an athletics club that was outside and I was getting pumped by GB under 18, 200 meter sprinters every Tuesday, Thursday, <laughs> thinking, Christ, I'm, I'm losing every corner. Here. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it, it was just that. It was just, it was just creating some kind of structure because you'd wake up and you'd be like, what now? So I'd wake up and put an episode of The Last Dance on, watch that, probably watch that about three times. What what series? <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was that. It was one of the only things that kind of kept me sane because it was at that point it was the only thing that I could like quantify, quantifiably see improvements. That makes sense, or you know, I could like a bit nausea, but you could see you, your weight training going up. And for me, because as well with my knee. Um, I hadn't been able to like train properly. So when the first pandemic hit, I was literally just getting fat and fat and fatter and living with Tommy, he was just feeding me. And he literally, he, he had this recipe book and he just was doing a different recipe every day. I didn't cook for like the first lockdown. He was just feeding me. And obviously he was drinking a fair bit as well. And I couldn't even, I think at the time when the pandemic hit, I couldn't even cycle. So my knee was like at that stage, obviously I had no training equipment or anything. So just wake up, boxes on, eat and drink. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so yeah, I think that for me that was the biggest thing. When did uh, training start for Richmond in earnest for this championship season? Then Max, I, I, I don't actually know because I know they were doing it for a, a while. I think they actually did start in like August time, but obviously I didn't move down to London until January. So they had like a 30, 33 to thirty-five week preseason or something like that, which when you think about it it's just do you know what I mean what we used to like sort of 12 week maximum yeah. just um, unbelievable and like fair credit to all the lads that actually did that and stuck with it and there was even some guys that you know didn't because of how it worked out you obviously have to cut the squad down to like the champ squad when it comes into this so there was some lads that didn't even get to play so like you know you got to say fair play to them you stuck with it because it's not it's not easy I mean this 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 season has been an effort and we all do it because we want to play the game and stuff but yeah, credit to everyone that has done it and has been involved in letting it happen. So obviously in in the league this year, and we like sort of shining a light on the story of each each club and you are our first Richmond guest, which is fantastic. We yeah. have obviously part-time and full-time teams now. My yeah. understanding um, is that at Richmond, you've got players basically, you, you have a match fee and then everyone's on a pretty similar pegging and you train sort of a couple of nights a week and it is, it is as transparent as that. Is that. Is that the reality of the situation, yeah. Max? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's changed slightly for this season. I think it's uh, slightly lower this season because of, obviously, if I know, you know, that the clubs had to fork out some money to play this season, which, you know, is, is great from them to be able to do that. Um, and I think everyone's very appreciative, appreciative that they have done that. Um, but yeah, that, that's the, the normal standing. I, again, I'm not too sure what it's been in previous years, I, you know, returns and stuff like that. But yeah, that's uh, that's how it's, how it's worked this year, which is kind of good because no real discrepancies in Everyone kind of knows you're on that kind of level playing field, I guess. So is when you meet with Steve Hill and uh, and the other coaches, the selling point, yeah. is it really that sort of the, will help you with that transition into, into the working world? We've got the network with jobs that you alluded to just earlier. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, Steve's very clear and he's great about it. You know, he says, you know, this is a club and we're not about chucking the money at people. It's not really about that. It is. Um, I understand why clubs do do that. And obviously I've been a part of a club that has done that. Um, but it, this is also another great, great part of rugby, this this kind of side of it and how, how Richmond operate. Mate, how, how many, how does the training week look in terms of scheduling and, you know, what's, what's the sort yeah. of support staff look like in comparison to what you've previously known? Oh, so Tuesdays and Thursdays are the training days and then obviously Saturdays if there's no game and if you're not playing, you do like a wait and a training session on Saturday. Um, Tuesdays is probably about, I get there about six to kind of do a gym session before finish about nine. Uh, so do like a wait then we'll do like a little bit of analysis and then you're into the training session. Um, with regards to sports staff, so there's uh, a couple of physios um, we've just started getting some kind of soft tissue, which is great. I, I've <laughs> my body's pretty <laughs> screwed, so I, I kind of appreciate that, and I think a few of the other boys do as well. But some don't, so that, that's fair enough. But um, the S and C guys are really good as well. There's Tappers and uh, Kimmy. I think uh, Tappers, obviously, I think quite a lot of the lads uh, know him, have, have worked with him as well. Um, he's been great for me because obviously being a winger and stuff, and taking, I get, I, I probably take that side of it what he does you know the kind of sprint mechanics and stuff like that a bit more not seriously but obviously it's more appropriate to me i guess than other people so i quite like that and they're really good they're so knowledgeable about it and i'm really keen to help out with everyone so it's great it's fine and it works i think obviously with regards to carve we had so many you know i think when i did my knee at the start i had physio on me all the time and doing that one-to-one kind of treatment all the time and yeah it's, it's completely different than just the amount of the amount of staff, the resources that they have as well to call upon the club. Everything's obviously dedicated towards the, that room side of it. And then the analysis, like the analysis room in Coventry, obviously we, we just kind of get in there, just firing we've got it from the screen in Richmond and go through it that way. Um, but yeah, it's great. I mean, it, it still works. And I guess it is what you make out of it, isn't it? That's, I guess it's how you've got to look at it. So I'm going to put you on the spot now, mate, because <laughs> <laughs> I've I've done what you've done. Uh, yeah. I... For me personally, it's, I don't know if it's an age thing or what it is. Some yeah. of my most enjoyable rugby and yeah. times were when I was at Amtil when I was very much a part-time rugby player. Yeah. Uh, full-time gig. And then I've had some great times in full-time environments. And yeah. I've, like, I'd find myself sapping a bit in a full-time environment more than I would in a part-time because I think I appreciated it more. So yeah, at the moment, like which which way do you prefer it, mate? Like genuinely at this level? Um... It's, it's, do you know what? It's difficult for me because I think which we said we were going to touch on, I had such like an, uh, an unorthodox way of coming into rugby. Like I had my first proper senior game of national rugby when I was like 25. I mean, that's probably the latest that I've heard of, which is a bit of a joke, isn't it? So like I had two years in that one, two years in champ and that was like, that was it. Now I'm just like back to kind of like part-time. So it's been so weird for me. I, I think I wish I'd kind of got into this environment a lot sooner like I did it at uni and stuff and then messed around there and didn't take it that seriously and then went to Abu Dhabi and played for a year out there um but I, there is part of me that wishes I'd got into this game like quite early and kind of maybe believed in your own talent oh, I don't want to throw that word out there but if you know what I mean like kind of ability earlier on and, and had the kind of balls to go for it really at a younger age um then I'd probably be able to give you a better comparison. I do I did love the full-time environment because I think I I think I benefited benefited from it a lot. I, I learned quite a lot and I definitely saw myself change as a player uh, in that time. 
um, like obviously with the help of the lads at Carve like, and like Walshy and all those coaches who were, who were great um, with me. I think so, it, I think I was just trying to get it off my chest, really, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... I wish that sometimes. Sometimes I wish that I'd done it the other way around, so it, it had taught me a little bit more about appreciate like the full time yeah. a little bit more than I probably did at the time. I just yeah. did it, and it was pretty comfortable and quite easy. For yeah, this period of my career. I think, yeah, I think you know what when you got when you've got the part time teams as well. There's a lot more of um. If you think, I think the mindset is more towards like the lads want to be there. Um, and that's not saying that in a full-time environment they don't want to be there, but there's an element they have to be there. Whereas here, like the social side is obviously very good at Richmond. I mean, and this is like no disrespect to Carl, I think I've had more socials in a pandemic at Richmond than I have in a full season at Carl last year. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask how it's worked this year because obviously traditionally Richmond social, as you say, it's it's well known throughout yeah. the league and beyond. Obviously, big end of season tours of stuff, and it sounds. Have you still managed to yeah. keep an element of that despite the pandemic? Well, yeah, I think they had to. Like you know, did the best of what we could. Obviously, within the legal parameters, obviously, and um, it's you know, yeah, <laughs> we just. You have to because it's such an important part of it, isn't it? And like when you've got new lads like me coming in, like it was—it's just the best way to kind of meet one. They are—they are really good with it. And I think, yeah, like obviously for all the pluses and all the the pros that Carv has over, like I don't want to say Carv, but like those full teams have over. Like I've noticed that this is something that they probably lacked, and that's yeah, probably they could have organised more stuff like in in the time I was there and. But like we had lads coming from all over and from like different stages, like, you know, they've got kids and stuff. So it's hard to, it is hard to kind of do that stuff. Yeah. Um, when we're at Carv, like the amount of lads we had coming from Northampton and like Buzz and those guys coming from up north. Um, so it's, it's hard to do, but um, I think it is an important part of it that, that should be taken a bit more, a bit more seriously. What I think I really like about what you're saying and about Richmond is they, they seem to know their own skin, mate. They've got their, they've yeah. got, identity and they stick to it and and, and we are Richmond yeah. and it seems that it's really helped you but it also seems like a great like sort of advert for, for the club of what, of what yeah yeah without a doubt and I think it's not even like it it's that's not even like a promoted thing I think it's like word of mouth everyone knows that Richmond's a good club and all the guys there are really good blokes um yeah I think it, it, it speaks for itself how well they do um in terms of that side of things um yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that I've, I've made the move. I think it was a really good move for me. We've kind of said between ourselves, haven't we, Gully, in our, our little championship podcast WhatsApp group that if we hadn't a favourite away trip in the league, it is the athletic ground because there's always that sort of like deep, decent atmosphere after the game and around despite whether it's a Friday night or a weekend game, there's people on the beers and then off into Richmond afterwards. It is, uh, yeah, it's got still retains. Sometimes can feel a bit uh, tripod, what to say, but it does retain that traditional rubbical values. Everyone seems to stay and have drinks afterwards. Whilst obviously, time and time again, proving themselves to be a very, very professional side in terms of the product produced on the field. Yeah, I mean, okay, well, put it put it this way. So obviously, we played Nottingham on um, on Saturday. I think it was one of. Um, uh, I, I don't personally know, is it Josh Brule? I think, well, I said that right? Yeah, um, I know a lot of the lads um, know him and I've played with him before, but I think it was his 100th cap. So, you know, Timmy, um, one of our players, got him like a, I think it was like a two-pint boot, like a das boot thing to do after a game. And I was like, this is the first time I'd seen it in ages. Like, I think that's, you know, I saw it at uni and stuff and even uh, the Loughborough lads actually did it for us when I played them against Cobb. I think that's just such an important thing that should still be, 
done at clubs where it's like, you know, somebody looks like I have the food straight on the bus going. It's like a business interaction as opposed to like playing, <laughs> playing a, a game of rugby and, and keeping those things alive. So, yeah, there is that. But also, like, I, I was, in terms of like the, the like production on the pitch and stuff like that, I think I was, I was pleasantly surprised kind of when I came out. Um, not saying I'm like a, a, a different level or anything like that, but um, like when we played Ealing uh, at home, like the preseason game, how much like the lads sort of like fronted up and, and really got stuck in. I wasn't sure how that was going to go. And I, to be honest, I didn't think about it, but that was like so refreshing to know that like the, the mentality is 100% there from all the boys when it comes to actually game day and, and wanting to play and wanting to win. Quite interesting as well, because I think in terms of like, competition for sides in the space in which Richmond compete you know you've got a lot of other very strong National League clubs looking like you know your, your Black Heath, your Old Temians and a little bit further up the road Chinna but again Richmond have certainly over the last sort of three or four years proved them probably alongside Amptill now to be the best part-time club in the in the country what do you attribute that to is it are you going to chance here to give you your gaffer Steve Hill a bit of a, a bit of a tyre pump <laughs> <laughs> um I think, you know, I think um, his his recruitment is obviously pretty good. Um, there's some seriously talented players uh, at Richmond, um, but they've also got pretty like good jobs, I think. So it's it's like there's some boys that are kind of like fresh out of uni and working in the city and they are pretty slick players. Um, I could definitely like, you know, see them playing at a higher level, but it's to them whether they want to do that. Um, so I think the talent, obviously the talent pool is there. You know, you've got, you're in London that no club's going to be short of players are they in London really um, and with the reputation that Richmond's had I think you know it's just a, I mean you know like I'd, I'd come down because of word of mouth and because of people I knew so I presume that's just going to keep on happening um, I've got some great coaches there as well um, who, who know what they're talking about um, I know obviously you've got like Rousey and Kenshi who you guys do, do you know him really I think no, right. Both of them, yeah, good blokes, mate. Both yeah, yeah, guys. exactly. Yeah, so you know they they're attracting good coaches as well, and um, everyone, every, like I say, everyone's bought in because they want to be there. Um, so it's, but again, it's it's the reason why they don't finish like the mid or top table is because the full time teams, and the other teams, have probably better players and 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 maybe better coaching or anything like that because you know it's the full time rugby. It's what it's what the money buys you, doesn't it? So. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to be able to contribute to help us get to that stage and, you know, push on up the league. It'd be good if we could do that. Um, whether we can or not, obviously, we'll see next year. I think things are different now with no relegation, obviously, um, rotating the squad and stuff like that, which makes complete sense. Um, so, yeah, we'll, I guess we'll see where we stand sort of next year. Yeah, it's a really strange situation, isn't it? It's like the, the league's yeah. just got started. We, we finish next week, isn't it? Um, yeah, pretty, very good. Pretty much. Week after next, yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot, I suppose, a lot of what your the future is sort of planning for next season, isn't it? Really, and just making yeah. sure the squad rotation and I suppose yeah. for you personally, while it's sort of what you know what, for next season, what sort of the goals for you is just cement that team, cement yourself in the team yeah. potentially at nine or, or at wing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, looking forward, to, looking I'll forward to that. Do, yeah, I'll have to do a bit of marathon training before I. <laughs> Think about nine, Christ. Um, hey, yeah, mate, yeah, just a quick one on that. So you yeah. spoke about like training and like that helping out through through lockdown. Well, yeah, spoke to Ali Price a few weeks back, and you know he, right. he had a similar struggle, and he he got on the Strava, mate, and now he smashed the fitness in. He had his best Six Nations in the Lions yeah. team, mate. So there's hope. 
There's hope. <laughs> there is hope. If I can just find that discipline from somewhere. Um, <laughs> uh, Have there been yeah, um, conversations for next year then, Max, both, you know, in terms of where you are personally and uh, and Richmond for a, a league that will, you would assume, be open again to, to promotion and relegation? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm keen to stay. Um, I don't really know how it's going to I think Steve's asked us that everyone's kind of um, speaking about their interest in staying and stuff. And um, as, as with regards to next year, how we'll do it, I don't think we've really spoke about it this year because obviously I think the focus still is on this year. Like, I know that they're relegation, but still you've got to kind of prepare like this is a normal league. Um, but yeah, I think personal goal for me, I'd, I'd, I'd like to try and see us push up the league. Um, I mean, I don't know what the kind of best finish has been in the last few years that they've kind of bounced up and down. But um, I, I think we've got the talent to be like, a, you know, like we, we could definitely push up the league. The the, the players, um, the ability and and uh, there is there is the infrastructure there at Richmond for us to to be like a mid-table team, I think, and, and, and really be pushing those top teams. I mean, again, like I thought we did really well against Pirates and like the first... 10, 20 minutes against Saris, we were actually all right. I think we were like 3-0 down first like 10, 20 minutes and you felt like you could actually, you know, do some damage against them. And that doesn't come out of no, that's not luck. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if we can start to take advantage of everything here that we've got, then um should be all right. I would say, um, I've got a note down here. So would uh, yeah. you'd have played against Alex Lewington in the Saris game? I believe you two guys knew each other from uh, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, my mate from school, so... Um, yeah, that was good. We literally, we, we've never, we haven't played with or against each other since school. So since we were like 17, I think. So Shanks, we obviously wanted our parents to be there and they were, they were all watching, I think, together at home um, and took some socially distanced photos after the game, which is about as good as it got. But um, yeah, what an, an amazing experience because, you know, I, I support Saris because he plays for them and I support London Irish because obviously Stokes plays for them. So you know, there's, it's not even going far to say that they're your idols, aren't they? When you know, I wasn't really that big into rugby to be honest until I got to school, and it was um, the school like forced me into playing pretty much. I was I was playing football, and they were like, "Do you want to play for uh, for the for the A on Saturday?" I was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> and then they were like, "You have to." So I was like, "All right, okay." Um, but yeah, it was those boys. You know, it kind of sparked my passion for it, and watching Alex do amazingly through. You know, when he was at Tigers and um, Irish and now Saracens, you know, it's like so, so good what those boys have done. So proud of them. So, yeah, they, they've been my idols, I guess, playing and three not playing and get to play against them was was amazing, uh, even though we'd lost. <laughs> Does just, um, obviously, seeing how well those guys you went to school with and obviously you mentioned how yeah. much progress you think you made in a full-time environment. Is that part of yeah. the reason that perhaps you wish you'd gone to it a little bit earlier? Yeah, definitely, without doubt. I think... Um, I'm trying to think back so obviously Alex Alex got um, went into it from like sort of 15, 16 into like the Tigers Academy and then Stokes um, started playing for Nottingham after school I think um, and I just went straight to uni and just <laughs> did the whole yeah yeah so it was it, it, which again like I, I met all you know my friends at uni and to be fair I was at a university where the rugby was really good I was at Leeds Met Lee's Beckett now um, and you know we I struggled a lot with injury because I wasn't really the, the S&C and the care there and my body was still like kind of developing to try and play a higher level than it was ready for um, and so every time I got injured it was just like right well you know here we go may as well take advantage of being at uni and going out you know all the time and 
but yeah definitely definitely do wish that um I kind of I I just didn't think there was a path for me back then to be honest um you know I was like pretty skinny I was probably like 60 70 kegs wet through at that point and you know not really not really doing anything with it so it wasn't really until I got into my like sort of third and fourth years of uni where you know I had like proper SNC and started to become a bit more of an athlete uh, and use it and a bit more knowledgeable around the game then I went to Abu Dhabi and then um, did the there and then came back and started at Cov. So by that time, it was like, what, 24, 25. Um, so, you know, you've probably lost like five years if you kind of that you could be playing at that top level. And I suppose one of the things that we've kind of shown light on that that's okay, fair enough, you come on to carve a fantastic career out in the league. But without the championship, players that didn't start oh, playing yeah. out of school wouldn't have had the opportunity to play professionally at all. No, 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 not at all. I think Alex, um, Alex did a loan spell, I think, or was it a loan spell? Yeah, I think he did a loan spell at Nottingham uh, and did like amazingly well in the champ. And that's when he, you know, went on to push him into the premiership. I obviously, who knows what I would have done if the champ wasn't there. I think the only reason that I, that I actually signed on the club when we went to the champ full time was because it was like a step up. Otherwise, I was just going to come down to London or, you know, go somewhere else because I was like, I didn't want to like just stay at the same kind of level and, and do nothing really. So, yeah, it's such an important league. Like it's the most fantastic league of misfits and reprobates and different kind of blokes who are all like talented players and you know some want to push on and some are at different stages. But I think without it, it's, it's probably just yeah. I, I've not I've not met anybody who's got a really like a yeah like you said, Gully. We're all saps about it, but it's it's such a good league to be a part of. I think that's a fantastic note to end on. Max, you've been a fantastic guest. Wish you the best for the rest of the season and uh, really appreciate your time today. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. That was the Championship Club podcast with Michael Casey and Ben Gulliver. Check us out on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter and subscribe and like our YouTube channel.